Hello, everyone, and welcome to Last Week in Basketball, a recap of some of the most important storylines and highlights that happened this past seven days in the NBA. I am your co-host, Mowgli, and sitting next to me, as always, the man, the myth, the mouth. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. You might hear a little bit of an echo. That's because Studio G is under renovations. Whether or not we're getting evicted (laughs) is still yet to be seen. But regardless, we're here. We're making this episode. We want to give a special birthday shout-out to our homeboy, Gio. Happy birthday! A rat bastard friend right there. Yes, yes, yes. We celebrated by going to the Dodger game. The Dodgers won. I saw Brooke Lopez there. Did you tell him I hate him? No, but he's a former Laker. He is a defending NBA champ, and he is a giant of a man. Yeah. He is all seven feet. That's a tall-ass <laughs> dude right there. Uh, but yeah, there's so much to discuss in this episode, Mal. Would you like to get into it? Oh, yes, we need to. Okay, the first order of business. Olympic basketball. USA! USA! Yes, yes, yes. Both the men's and the women's USA basketball teams were able to capture the gold. First off, with the women, they defeat the host country, Japan, 90-75. to 75. Uh, You had a cool little shout-out for Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird, right? Yeah, they won consecutive golds. The first, I think it was five, five golds in a row. Like, that's fucking amazing. Just for the sport itself, women's USA basketball going that gold. And just for these two players, because they're top-notch WNBA Hall of Famers already. Yes. You know, so, like, this is just adding on to their career prestige. You know, like, they're just... Boom. Top of the top. America should be talking about Team USA basketball, not soccer, okay? Oh, man. I'm sweating in here because it's a little hot in Studio G, but we were sweating at the beginning before, you know, the men's goal because, God, how they were horrible in the first four games they had together. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. They defeat France, the men do, 87-82. to It was a grinded-out game. It was a grinded-out Olympic run. Uh, They dealt with a ton of adversity, but in the end... It doesn't even matter. (laughs) The things that I'm going to take away from the gold medal match from the men's is Kevin Durant can score in whatever league it is, dude. Oh, yeah. He is a professional scorer. Defined. Definition. The Slim Reaper, bro. That's That's why I love that nickname for him. Slim Reaper and Durantula are like one and two for me. I'm just angry because he beat Carmelo's record now. Right. (laughs) we got to defend Carmelo all the way now, dude. He's a a Laker. Right. But he pulled it off. He finished off with 29 points. He bailed out Team USA with some late free throws. A couple other players that I wanted to give a shout-out to, though. Draymond Green. Man, the analysts were just talking about all the time, but I saw it firsthand there. He does so many intangibles. There was a play where France missed a free throw, and he tipped it out. Like, the heads-up and the awareness of that. Wow. He he really is, like, a, a valuable player. The stats... Don't show what he can do on the court. Another player, too, Damian Lillard, did not have the best Olympic run, but he did reveal that he was playing through an abdomen injury. Let's see how this affects his regular season and Portland's championship odds. Rudy Gobert. Boo. Not today, monsieur. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was very emotional after the loss, though. Cry baby French. You can tell how much it meant to him. I mean, I would feel the same, though, Mal, because when you have Team USA on the ropes like that, you know, you want to go for the kill. Yeah, but he should have known that he couldn't have won because he's from France. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you think you can beat Team USA, you go for it. That's true. It's true. You know, it was nice basketball, too. And like, especially this year of the Olympics, we saw other countries that we didn't even think of, like, showing up now. Like, they're throwing hands at America now. Nigeria, Australia, 
France earlier on. Slovenia is going to be a future fucking problem, too. You know, as long as Luca's trajectory is just keeps going high, bro. And, like, this is good for us fans, too. Like, I know me and you both hate, like, we need to win these games, but we like competition, (laughs) you know? But for sure, it was very scary at the beginning. It's like, damn, we finally got, like, the weak-ass 2000, what was it, four team again? Yeah, the Athens squad. Yeah, just call call it that, the Athens squad. Yeah, straight up, like, it was that scary, but, like, hey, for KD being such a baby on social media, man, like, he's a fucking basketball player. Hey, side quest real quick. We've got ourselves a side quest. Shout out to JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Pierre three times is now an Olympic gold medalist, and he is also the first mother-son duo to win a basketball gold. Nice. So shout out to Pam McGee, also a Trojan. Heck basketball yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So awesome, really cool news. All Olympic team. Patty Mills, Luca, KD, Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio. Ugh. What? I hate Ricky Rubio. Nah. I, just, I don't know why. This is, I just, ugh. I guess That's I That's a really, squad. That's an international that's squad, a nice squad right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. For sure it's an international squad. It's just, I'm never a big fan of Ricky Rubio in this play, bro. I feel like he had so much potential, and it's just like, not wasted. It just didn't go anywhere for me. Well, let's see <laughs> if he can prove you wrong, Malv. Okay, let's stick with the international ballers here, shall we? We're going to Dallas. Where my boy, Luca, he's getting the bag. And what a bag, bro. Malv, true or false? Is Dallas the place you want to go if you are an international player? Um, I believe so if I'm like a light skin uh, <laughs> international player. Because for my complexion, I'd be playing with the Spurs. Okay. But, <laughs> but no, no, for sure, for sure. You know, this is great on the mask. For Mark Cuban, man, he found his other European that he loves. And he's showing that love because, like, he flew to Slovenia to yeah. do that, right? <laughs> Who else flew? No, oh, everyone, the whole squad, the, the Dallas Mavericks organization. You got Mark Cuban, you got Jason Kidd, every Jason Terry, right? Yeah, Dirk? Jason Terry. Yeah, yeah. Like, they had to like. Uh, it was crazy because before this, everybody was kind of like on the fence. Like, is he going to sign or isn't he? You could tell like the Mavs were not taking any chances of losing him. And they but did they, not. They did not, man. They did not. Luka Doncic, five-year, $207 million extension. Crazy. And that's the most for anybody his age in the 20s, I believe, made more than $200 million in the NBA. Yo, he's confident enough to know. He's like, hey, when I come here on these teams, I do make it better. And, like, I think he's worth it. Oh, oh yeah, well, that was my next question. <laughs> that was my next question, Mal. Is he worth the max? Yes, oh, he yes, is. Yes. Listen to this. According to Woj... He is the first player ever to be offered a super max after their rookie deal. Damn. So he he stays breaking records. Because he got the first NBA all twice, team all twice. Yeah, like, yeah so he, gotta, he met all yeah. those things. Future's looking super bright. He is looking like the next generation, like the face of basketball. You know, I was honestly just thinking right when you said that, like kind of like I'm getting this like beginning Derrick Rose feel. That new player coming in just showing like I could play for – like, I could play against anybody, you know? Another question for you, Malv. Is Luka already an all-time Dallas Mavericks great? I would say, yeah, fourth one. Right now, without doing anything. I Googled this, the top Mavericks players. Dirk is number one, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Luka is in that conversation already. So, yes, the answer is he is already an all-time Dallas Mavericks great. Let's get that shit, though. Let's of course, of course. One. Let's see him get one, all right? Luca, just stay being Luca, and if you have a chance to draft him on your fantasy team, I highly suggest it. <laughs> He's helped me out tremendously these past two years. Cool, cool, cool. All right, moving on. I know the offseason is here. There's no Olympic basketball. There's no regular season basketball. But, Malv, we've got the Summer League. Ugh. 
Oh. Nah, nah, nah. I'm a hater. I'm a hater because, like, you guys know, I don't really watch the NBA draft. Summer league, I don't really watch. I, I, I'm more, like, right at the preseason. That's where I go because I know it's a lot of younger guys. I know, like, you love watching it. You like I seeing ball. Oh, yeah, you do. Ball you do. is life, man. Yeah, for you. Well, I like professional ball when it's professional ball is life for me. You know, I don't need to see these people trying to be basketball players right now. Making the roster. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, I, I'm sorry. That's just not me, and it's never been me. You know, like, that's why I'm not really into college sports either. All right. You know? The more you know. I didn't know that, Mal. I did want to mention the number one and the number two picks, Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, did go head-to-head, and it was a very nice battle. Let me go ahead and list their player stats. Cade Cunningham, 20 points, four rebounds, three steals. Not bad. Jalen Green, 25 points, five rebounds, three assists. Slightly better. (laughs) Also, Jalen Green, after the game, he was quoted as saying, I thought I should have been the number one pick. That's what you want, man. You want that confidence from your players, especially your ones you just drafted. Like, why wouldn't you say that? Did Cade say anything after? He's like, I'm one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Cade, I did not see anything that he said after. But this is looking like a great battle between this rookie class. Uh, Unfortunately, after this battle, Jalen Green is now out for the rest of the summer league. That's why he's number two. A hamstring precaution, Malv. They want to preserve him. They don't want another Zion incident. Remember what happened there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are always the worst. See, that's why I don't like watching the summer league or like that. (laughs) But, no, like, that's good, especially what we saw in the playoffs this last season. Hopefully these new players, these young new players, I like the bravado. Like I said, Green coming in and saying that, like, you want to hear that. You don't want to hear your new rookie just like, it was a good game. You know, uh, I finally got my experience in the NBA, and um, I'm just ready to play. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear that, bro. I want to hear I'm way better than this fool. Yeah, I hurt my hamstring, but I'm going to come back and win it. You know, like We lost game two. We're going to win game <laughs> yeah. two. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm loving all this new hype. Like, you know, you want to have that confidence, and I like seeing at least these new players have confidence. I think this was back-to-back games where Green actually scored 25 points, and that's what I would expect from him because he's coming off of a season in the G League, remember? Oh, yeah. He was the first player to Get skip Get, yeah. college ball and then sign that like half a million dollar deal with the G League. So good on him. It looks like he can score the basketball with ease. Let's see when the competition in the regular season, you know, ticks up a bit. Yeah, especially, yeah, we got to see that. Cool. All right, then. The next order of business is free agency news. Yes, there are still some players that are in the market. There's some players on the block, and there's one specifically we'd like to talk about because it feels like he can, like, shift the, the, the trajectory of some teams. And who are you talking about? I'm talking about the current... Toronto Raptor, Pascal Siakam. Mm. According to all these inside sources right now, Masai Ujiri is talking to the Kings, the Warriors, the Clippers, about potentially trading him to one of those teams. Nice. First things first, this is just right. reconfirming <laughs> what I've been saying all season long, is the Pacific Division is where it's at. You be saying that, and I'm believing it now, especially if this comes through too. Like Other moves that were made in the Pacific just makes... The West Coast. Western the best Conference. coast. Yeah, really. No, really, though. Like, you're going to have to show up, man. Like, I like this. I like this. I don't know what Toronto's doing, really. Are they restarting or not? Because I felt like that was a piece for them, you know? Another thing that I wanted to say is Mashai Ujiri, man, this dude is not afraid of pulling the trigger, dude. Remember, he won the exec of the year when Denver was really winning all of those games. They were, like, a force to be reckoned with. I think they were the three seed. Is that with um... George Carl? Uh, they had Chauncey Billups was on that no, team. No, no, not no, Chauncey. No. This was Ty Lawson, Kenneth oh, Faree, JaVale McGee <laughs> okay, was on yeah, that, that team. Was <laughs> um, and they had so many big expectations. But that's when the Warriors were the sixth seed, and then they upset them. Uh, going to Pascal Siakam himself, 
He's an NBA champion. He's a most improved player. He has kind of shown this season, this past season, that needs a bit more improvement if he wants to be that number one main dude. But the Clippers and the Warriors are interested in him. He is going to, you know, add so much value to those teams. Oh, yeah. Not so much the Kings. <laughs> no, no, that's what I was about to say. Like, what you were saying, that when you see the Kings, it's like, uh, I guess you can go to the Kings if you want to be the big man and prove it, right? Who do I don't know if that Kings? culture is ready for that, though. It just well, for seems- winning? Yeah, for, exactly, for winning. I don't think they're ready for that. Which team is scarier with Pascal on them, the Clippers or the Warriors? I know we talked about this before. We've had a few words, but to me, I'm thinking the Clippers. You Already with their team set up, you have Kawhi, you have Ibaka there, and they already have a vibe going on. They've played with him before, so they, they understand that them. chemistry. They won. I'm not sure what that would cost. They might have to trade Paul George for that. But if he does go to the Warriors, though, that's still a very interesting, you know, that's rotational killer, yeah. piece right there. You're replacing him with Andrew Wiggins and Harrison Barnes. He's a great slasher. He's a great finisher. Great, like, uh, that's double upgrade, bro. I feel that would be more lethal if everybody's healthy. Remember, we still don't have Clay. Draymond's coming off the Olympic win, so you know he's probably going to be a little bit less energetic at the beginning of the season. And you got to see how Steph is. I mean, why did I say that? You got to see how uh, Steph is, you know, because he put a, a lot of the shit on his back the whole end of the last season. Yes. Know? No, what you're saying is very true. If Pascal was to join the Warriors, everything needs to be firing on all cylinders. Yep. All players need to be healthy. I don't think he is the outside shooter, the three-point shooter that Barnes was, mm. or even Andrew Wiggins, even though he's not that good of a shooter right now. <laughs> but just his slashing and I think his basketball mind and just that culture – he would fit. I think it fits. He would fit very well. He doesn't seem like a player that starts controversy. Like he seems like somebody who would gel into a system. No, he has a system, very, you know? very humble story. Yeah. I think Sergi Baca actually like discovered him in like some NBA Africa like basketball game, and he's like, "Whoa, this guy's good." He'd been playing for like two or three years up to that point, and then he turned pro. He was like already eighteen or something Damn. at the time. So yeah, uh, Pascal Siakam. We'll see what happens with him. The Pacific Division is where it's at. It's true. It's true. From one Pacific team to another, let's go on to another free agency news. Kawhi Leonard, he's finally signed his Clippers deal. Four years, $176 million. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, I, I know we talked about this earlier. I, my thoughts about this, like, well, good. You know, you got to stay now, especially with your injury that you have. But at the same time, it's on the Clippers, too. It's like, damn, man. Like, you let this fool do a lot of shit. You know, like, he had meetings already with other teams as well. You know, even if you... That rubbed me the wrong yeah. way. Even as, like, a Lakers fan. Yeah, like, just, you know, just out of perf- professional courtesy, you know, like, just say you don't want to be with the team then. Like, why are you going to go scout these other offers or just hear them, even if you think you're going to stay with the Clippers, you know? Like, that kind of gives me, like, that off-putting thing. But for the Clippers organization, this is great, right? Like, this is their the main star that they have. They know they can rely on him when he's healthy, you know, as a basketball player, not maybe a leader. This is exactly what the Clippers needed. This is what they wanted. This is what they got. We'll see if the Lakers and them can finally meet up. You know, third season's a charm. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, other players that they signed, Reggie Jackson, he also re-signed with them. Uh, I wanted to mention the beef between Russell Westbrook and Reggie Jackson as well. So there's just another layer of the beef between the Lakers and the Clippers, another storyline. That's Uh, why this year the storylines have to finally meet in the Western Conference Finals, bro. The Clippers need to do their job, get there without complaining, you know, and we got to do our job being healthy. Let's go to the other coast. Another potential championship contender, Kevin Durant. 
As expected, he signs his extension with Brooklyn. That was what we all thought was going to happen. The Nets, they also signed Patty Mills, though. So he just made the All-Olympic team. He's a great shooter. There's only one ball, though. Yeah, right. Um, I still feel he's a little bit older, too, you know. Like, But I love his hustle. I love his play, especially like when he was with the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see how many shots the other players are going to get in Brooklyn because those three, Kyrie, James, and um, KD, like, that's like 80%. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those guys eat. <laughs> They're growing boys. Right. They yeah. take their seconds. <laughs> Kemba, Kemba Walker, he had been a Celtic, briefly an OKC Thunder player, and now he is back home to the New York Knicks. Julius Randle also, he got an extension, four years, $117 million. Good on him. Yeah. Good on the rascal. <laughs> Are they a contender? No, they're probably. Yeah. They got Tom Thibodeau. They're gonna. They're gonna fight. They're gonna they fight. Be, yeah, they're gonna be bottom. The bottom three for sure. I feel it. Well, they're coming off this high too, but at the same time, it wasn't a real high because we were talking about. It, remember the first round? It's like you were averaging what twelve, ten, and you know way below your numbers. Good, you got this extension. Kemba is he going to take over scoring or is he just going to be your supportive system? I, He's going to relieve that pressure. I think you can't really rely too much on Kemba because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. But that Kemba Julius Randle one two be a nice pick and roll inside outside game. Staying in the Eastern Conference, John Collins. He's re-signed with the Atlanta Hawks. Five years, one hundred and twenty-five million. Your thoughts? Yeah, right. <laughs> you just shook your head. You're like, eh. I kind of feel the same. Um, personally, I think this payday is on the. Like Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns level, yes, they got the bag, but they haven't really proved themselves mm-hmm. that much. Good on him, though. Yeah, that <laughs> Timothy Goff, Moth Goff level. Yeah, just get that, that money, get that bag, you know. But fuck it. Yeah, I can't dog anybody for making money, but like, I'm not gonna pay this fool to be on my team for that amount, you know. I would agree. Okay, let's move on from that. Andre Iguodala, he's back with the Warriors. Let's see how much he has left in the tank. Yeah. Uh, you just got to preserve him as much as you can, I think. Yeah, just just for the postseason. That's yeah. all they're going to save him for. Yeah, he's going to be definitely more of the veteran and big brother. And Well, he's always that, you know, but, like, that's a good thing to have. You know, like, you want stability, right? You know this fool knows what he's talking about. He knows what you guys are about, or at least the main core, you know, because supporting players don't fucking matter. Shit. Tell him how you feel, Mal. <laughs> but no, I liked it. You know, like I thought it was like weird that he was in Miami for that season. You know, and then wasn't he half with a? Well, he was with the Grizzlies. Yeah. They traded him to the Grizzlies. He got bought out. John ja Morant right, yeah, actually yeah. took offense to that. Mm. He was like, "We don't need you." And then he went with the Heat. He ended up playing in the finals, but I didn't really see that much from him when he was in the finals with the Heat. You think this is his last year or what? He probably has one or two more years left in this. I'm sure he wants to retire a Warrior. Um, yeah, fuck it. Maybe you like a MVP, bro. Why yeah. don't you retire with that team? I see him as kind of like a Jawan Howard type of role or like a Udonis mm. Haslam type of role. Fuck, yeah. You know, like just, yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. And then our last kind of player we want to talk about, the former Laker, Dennis Schroeder. Mowgli. What's up? I want to correct you. It's yeah. Denise. Oh, yeah. shit. We go- it's German. Ah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> When betting on yourself goes wrong. <laughs> My God, did it go wrong, fool? From $84 million to, to 5.9. He signed a one-year $5.9 million deal with Boston. He did turn down the $84 million deal. Hey, guess what? Good we, for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said right away. It's good for us. But, your, yeah. Your thoughts on this, Malv? Ooh, Denise, Denise, Denise. You have to get somebody props for, like, betting on themselves. But then you kind of got to be like, when everybody's like, I don't know if you should bet so much on yourself, bro. 
Well, he did bet on himself, and then the Lakers did offer him something, but he said no, more. More, And that's where he got greedy. Remember, he also had beef with Kyle Kuzma during this, you know, Lakers stint. Mm -hmm. This is not the way you conduct yourself when you're on a team with championship expectations. And then he didn't really perform when it counted the most against Phoenix. So... Yeah, that's the most fucking outrage right there. Like, you, you can call this and you can say this shit, bro. Like, you can be like, no, I want eighty, I want more than eighty-four million. It's like, why? Because I'm, I'm good. And then like, okay, you're, you're good, good. The show's in the playoffs. You didn't do shit. You yeah. know, like you, you just fucking failed, bro. Yeah. And how are you still going to have that bravado afterwards when you didn't show up during the playoffs? To quote DJ Khaled, "Congratulations, you played yourself." <laughs> that's all I can say. I wish him the best. I think he actually does fit pretty decently with. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're kind of around the same age. I think that could turn into a nice little trio there. They're hoping, you know, and it's not bad for the deal they got for him. Like, and now he has a fucking season to reflect in Boston to be like, what am I going to do? Yeah, get better (laughs) or do I stay here? (laughs) I think that's enough conversation that we've had on the other teams. We're going to go ahead and talk about our hometown team now, the Los Angeles Lakers. I just mentioned DJ Khaled. I'm going to mention Taylor Swift now. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. Because there's a bunch of analysts already talking about the roster age, how Westbrook is going to be a bad fit. Even Nick Wright, who is the president of the LeBron James fan club, already has his doubts. Shannon Sharp, Buddy Heald, he's better than Westbrook. True, true, though. What? I would agree to disagree. no, 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 okay. I think it's true on what they're saying. Like, oh, especially with the Buddy Heel part, that's where I'm going to go right now. Because, yes, you need those three-pointers. You need that, like, shooter. But at the same time, Westbrook brings way more to this table than just that. That's the hitch in his fucking play. And Westbrook gives you that chance. And he gives you that chance with the fucking energy he brings every game. He gives you that chance every time he attacks the board. Like, he doesn't give a fuck, bro. And, like, yes... You want him to make every shot he takes, but I do truly like that energy he brings of, like, I'm going to fucking do this. That old Kobe shit, you know, like, oh, I missed three? I don't care if I'm going to make number four. Oh, shit, I missed number seven? Yeah, I'm going to make number nine. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, you know? That's, that's his aggressive style. That's who he is. You're not going to change that this late in his career. You're just going to have to work around it. I think LeBron James is going to be able to harness whatever he can. Has to. He will. He will. Has to. He's worked with, you know, Kyrie and all these other people. Yeah, but this is a different beast. Like, Westbrook don't give a fuck about talking shit to fans, bro. Come on. But I saw him. (laughs) Okay, we're talking about Westbrook. He seemed very excited. He was saying all the right things in the press conference, as everyone does, though. We'll find out in the playoffs. I think he understands this. He played with Kevin Durant. He jumped around a little bit. He had time to reflect when he was with Houston, Washington. This is where he wants to be. He talked about it, how excited he was. He's finally here. Hometown dude can win his first championship with the Lakers. How special that would be. We also mentioned last episode, you know, the comparisons between Westbrook and Dwayne Wade. Mm -hmm. Both of those players were not great outside shooters, but they can attack the rim like no one. Yeah. And they defer to LeBron. So, so that's what's expected. From- and that's what we're hoping from Westbrook because we saw it from Dwayne Wade. And maybe, like, with the old age that, like, you know, LeBron is a true veteran, he brings that to, like, Westbrook, you know, and says, like, hey, I've done this before. I've done this with a person of your caliber, but this is how things are going to have to be. Because, remember, they still lost the first season that they were put together. And then they had to really talk it out and see That's when D. A- Wade, it's like, yo, this is your team now. Yeah. I like the fact that you said that LeBron is that older, that veteran presence. When you, when you said that, it kind of gave me hope for Westbrook to kind of unleash more because LeBron mm. might potentially be like conserving himself. It's like, yo, Ooh. 
I'm going to be, you know, th- I'm still running the show here, but I'm too old now. I'm almost 20 years in this league. Yeah. You guys need to take over. That's why I feel like he's better than Buddy Heald because Buddy Heald is just a shooter. Westbrook can facilitate, can, can score. Can and we're forgetting the most. He's Mr. Triple-Double, dog. Like, those are other fucking things you bring to it. If you stop his points, tell him to keep going with the assists and the fucking rebounds, which he can do. He will he's do done stuff. the last years. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Malf. If he's not scoring, he finds other ways to impact the game. And, like, all it has to do, we've talked about it before on the, on the show and, you know, on our own shit, it's like, it's going to be big on the coaching and LeBron because LeBron is the fucking leader of the Lakers, and it's going to be on the coaching staff. Frank Vogel like has to know when he has to step up and say something and stop a certain behavior and when to let things ride because you're not only dealing with Westbrook now. You got Carmelo. You got Dwight. You have so many real this good ego tripping. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. You know, like, like we said, I like he has to be a Zen master, and like I think the Lakers. Even though you get these players, I know they had to have a plan before this, and they're figuring this shit out right now, like how we're going to fucking be dominant. You know what I think, Mal? I think the biggest opponent for the Lakers is the Lakers themselves. On paper, every, on, yeah. yeah. On paper, this team can win a championship, multiple championships. It should. It, yeah, should. it should. Even at their age, which I was getting mad too, of like this. Well, it is the oldest history in NBA. So <laughs> I mean, like, the oldest team in NBA history. So that that is kind of crazy, right? But that doesn't mean that they can't win just because they're old, bro. Like, how many times do we hear we need to get like that solid veteran on our team to help? You know, like, well, now you got a whole fucking team of solid veterans that were once. Or some are still at that prime all-star level, and you need to fucking use that energy now that you got it because you paid so much money for it. Like, it has to pay off, you know? We're excited. We can't wait. Go, Lakers. Oh, forgot to mention the newest Laker, Mac McClung. Welcome to the team. He had just signed a summer league deal. He went undrafted, but he had a really good late game time bucket in the summer league. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, he can get signed. Uh, Another Caruso. Yeah, right? It's basically the Caruso replacement right now. Um, South Bay Lakers, I see him kind of paying his dues there. Um, as far as for his rookie like expectations, let's see if he can make the team. Shout out to Mac. All right, all right. A couple more things before we wrap up here. Other NBA news. The NBA play-in tournament is back next season, yeah? Yep. Super exciting. We're hoping for the same as well. Hopefully, the Lakers don't have to kind of fight for that this season. Never. Don't do it. They, they saw what happened last season. Yeah. They want to stay out that. Be top three. Yeah. The NBA is investigating two trades, the Lonzo Ball, Kyle Lowry, all that tampering stuff. It happens all the time, right? Every year, bro. Like, how do the... Yes, right when free agency starts, but somehow in two minutes, I could sign this contract. This contract is... How is there no tampering before that? You know, like, and plus the biggest tampering, we've just seen it, the Olympics. The Olympics has history now with LeBron and Wade and Bosch. And now who knows what the next future meetup is going to be because of this Tokyo Olympics, you know, like I don't, and social media. These guys are all friends, bro. Like this is one of the rules. I feel like you kind of have to take a little bit away, right? Or like. Like a slap on the wrist. Is that what you mean? Yeah. You know, like I know it's still a slap on the wrist, but it's like. I feel like they're making too much of this rule. You know, like, it's going to be, it's too hard to regulate, like, all these fools. We need Warren G. <laughs> <laughs> That's who we need. Mount up. <laughs> Regulators! Yeah. Uh, uh, I want that job in the NBA. Cool. Uh, they're also <laughs> cracking down, the league is, on non-basketball moves to draw fouls. Love it. So when I think of that, I think of Brooklyn. I think of James Harden. Harden. I think of Kevin Durant. <laughs> I think a Kobe Bryant for kind of He's teaching away, right? He, he started. started it. I was telling you, the man. Trendsetter. He, he started it, man, with just moving that hand, like just moving it. 
But no, this is good. This is good, especially because what we heard from the teams on the the Olympic, they had a harder time to play with uh, uh, international rules because they let a little bit go, a little bit more. They don't. They yeah, don't call. that's what yeah. Lillard said. That he said it's score. It's harder to score in international ball. So that makes great competitive ball. Stop being a pussy. We've talked about it. Stop being such a pussy. You know, like not that all these players want '90s ball back, but as a fan, you want a little bit more of like let that aggressiveness go. We saw it in the finals recently. Remember? Yeah, you just There's, don't want anything easy, right? Yeah, straight up. You know, and come on, we all see the fucking. Put in, push it. You know, like, how do the refs not call that, you know? So I think this is, like, one of the only NBA rules that I kind of like. I want to see how it goes in practice, though, you know? Yeah, let's see how they enforce it in summer league, the preseason, and then with these star players, whether or not they're going to get those, you know, fair treatment. Yeah, because you got to hear from them, fool, because if they don't like that shit, that shit's gone next season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Another news. A new documentary about the malice at the palace. Love it. Streaming on uh, Netflix, right? Yep. Yeah, so I was able to catch it. What did you think of it? I loved it, man. Um, I know all our fans here, if you haven't seen the 30 for 30 as well, it's on the same thing. But one thing I thought that was very unique on this one was we finally get to hear mainly from the players involved in it. We heard from Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Ron, (laughs) love Ron Artest, and... uh, Steven Jackson, and, you know, like, we wanted to hear from them, and, like, I know it felt a little bit more honest and just more of a player's perceptive of what happened that day and how that, like, affected their lives. Yeah, I mm. really felt that with Jermaine O'Neal. Mm. Uh, it felt like he probably had the most potential individually, but ultimately he was never able to win a championship. It felt like he kind of harbored a little bit of resentment, right? Yeah, straight up felt that, and I saw it. Um, but you got to know him more as a person, and, uh, you know, they learned from those experiences. So it was a really interesting doc if you have, you know, an hour and a half. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's very quick, too. Untold Malice at the Palace. And then one more thing. J.R. Smith. Oh, yes, my what's boy. Going on, what's going on here? Hey, my boy's going to college to play golf. What? Right? <laughs> so, yeah, he's trying- Anything is possible! Yes! <laughs> Get it, boy. Get it, Jr. Fuck it, bro. I want to see you no shirt on the fucking golf course. All tatted up. All tatted up. up, dude. College kids, 19 was like, what the fuck? We got Yo, Jr.'s going to be the dude that's going to buy them alcohol, yes. right? Not too easy. No. He's, no. Like the, he's like the black Van Wilder. Yes. <laughs> and though the best, too, is like, it's golf carts full, so you know he has the back full of beer. Like, yeah. And, and no, just Henny. Oh, like a little Henny a little bottle. Blunt. <laughs> a little blunt. Like, I want to hit this after. Like, I just want to imagine, like, what mistakes he's going to make high. On the golf course. Right? Like, <laughs> he's going to call a timeout while he's shooting the green. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Well, we'll see what happens with JR. He's trying to enroll in uh, NCAA golf. Um, we'll see. Anything is possible. <laughs> all right, all right. We're about to wrap it up, but unfortunately, we have a little bit of sad news to bring up. One of our Rublock brethren has unfortunately passed away. Our good friend Otto is no longer with us. He was a massive Laker fan, massive, you know, good Sports dude. Sports fan, everything. Loyal friend. Yeah, yeah. loyal friend. Um, I just wanted a quick story real quick. I remember watching the game one between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, that first-round playoff series where Andrew Bynum had 10 blocks. Yeah, we had a little barbecue at his house. Great carne asada, great guacamole. Um, it's still shocking, the fact that he's no longer here. Unfortunate. Otto, you will be missed. R.I.P. Auto. Yeah, I have so many stories too, but they're not able to tell right now, you know. But maybe like for I another said, episode, or another episode, you know, or for our late night episodes. But honestly, like one of the most loyal people ever. Like he was just one of those people. Like even if you didn't talk to him for a while, 
if you hit him up and you needed something, he'd always be there. Like, I got you, man. He was down for the cause. Yeah. He was always, down for the cause. Always. For good or bad. For yeah. better or worse. But uh, we just wanted to send our condolences, and we're going to do a little bit of uh, five seconds of silence to honor Otto. Okay, everybody, I think this is a good time to call it. That's going to conclude it for today's episode of Last Week in Basketball. We hope you had a blast listening. We always have a blast recording. Questions, comments, anything like that, feel free to email us at malvinmogley at gmail.com. Subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. If you listen on Apple, kindly rate us five stars. It would help us out in the long run. And one more thing, follow us on social media at malv underscore n underscore mogley. We'll be back here next week because we love off-season basketball. Gone but not forgotten. Rest in peace, Otto. 